0: Welcome to the show, The Crump Diddy Show, on today's podcast. We're talking about buy here, pay here car dealerships, as well as things to avoid when you're out renting a property. Now, these are two combined subjects because these were brought in by listeners. Um, One of them was Douglas, and the other one is Julia, who asked about tips about these particular topics. They're on the fence about it based on the situation they're in. And they just want my two cents. They didn't really go specific, I can't even say that word, specific about the issues at hand. They just wanted to know my two cents. And I actually thought these were good topics because I think these are things that a lot of people have either already encountered uh, or probably know somebody who's about to encounter it. So I thought I'd give my two cents. The first thing I wanna talk about is buy here, pay here car dealerships, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically, you know you have your big car dealerships like Honda, Ford, or whatever, and they're usually these big, huge car dealerships, you know, really fancy, got an army of, uh, like like a fleet of cars there, and they got all the lights, and it's just a big brand name of the actual vehicles, you know, the official, you know, uh, car dealership of that company slapped on the you know the building like a big building that says Honda and it's a dealership well those are the big car dealerships the ones that you typically want to go to when you want to buy a car and I'll explain to you know later on why that's the case Uh, you might as well throw CarMax in there because CarMax is another good dealership that you want to throw on there Um, although they don't officially represent one particular brand um, they represent all sorts of brands of used cars and uh, they're really good at and I'll get into that uh, of course as well. Now, buy here, pay here car dealerships are the usual small ones you see in your local city. They usually have big uh, signs. They say, you know, we finance here, you know, bad credit, no credit, no problem, your job is your credit, you know, whatever. You know, they usually have all these ridiculous, attractive slogans outside of their car dealership. And honestly, to tell you the truth, it's one of the biggest predatory scams that is still allowed um, today, you know, and, they, a lot of people drive by and be like, well, you know, my credit's not that good, but I want a car, man. They're saying, you know, bad credit, no credit. They finance everyone. Why not? Let me give it a shot, you know, and it's, it's, it's really sad because most people aren't, don't do the research. They get so caught up. The marketing is so clever. They get caught up on, you know, just that big notice in front of the building that says we finance everybody. We are the bank. You know, if you've been turned down, we say yes. They see all these like clever uh, gimmicks. And it's it's pretty sad because I'll tell you what, even I fell for it back in the day. And it's ridiculous. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I know from experience firsthand, you know, that what everybody was trying to tell me about these dealerships was true. And I just didn't listen because I was in a desperate situation. But there was a time where I did finance a car through one of these buy here, pay here. And it was, a, it, it was a scam, like straight up legit. And I figured out the hard way you know, what the whole, what the spiel is, what the strategy is. Buy here, pay here is the whole trick is, you know, they have these banks that they work with, whether they are the banks or not, That you know, that depends on the car dealership. And what they do is they track you in, they lure you in first by, you know, the whole idea that you're going to get approved regardless, that you're going to walk out of there with a car. And they tell you that the down payment is usually anywhere between five hundred to fifteen hundred. That's usually what they advertise, and that's going to be that's going to depend on your credit risk, right? And if you and then a lot of times they'll bring you in by saying if you have repos, don't worry about it, we'll still approve you. And they bring you in, and they attract you with their marketing, and it's legal. Their marketing is legal, right? Because essentially what they're saying is true. However, what they don't tell you is what comes with that, and. They attract. They pray. They prey on desperate people, and when you go in there, you're gonna find out that they're gonna do what I call a pre-qualification, which I think pre-qualification is the biggest scam. I don't know why that's even allowed. It's not even accurate. A lot of companies, credit card companies, you know, m- m- mortgage. Uh, applications out there, like you know, all these people they tell you What you pre-qualify for, then come to find out when they actually pull your credit, you don't qualify for anything even remotely close to what you pre-qualify for. So it's bullshit, in my opinion. Never listen to pre-qualification. That's just a way to to, to reel you in. So they once they once you're on that point of no return, they got you. You know, at that point now they just switched to a 50-50 chance. You're either going to say yes or no, as opposed to a eighty or ninety percent chance. You're going to say no, ten percent yes out of curiosity. So these buy here, pay here, they lure you in with all these false promises. Well, not actually, okay, let me take that back. Not false promises. They could approve you. That's true. But as far as it being affordable, uh, easy, you know, has they got your back, they care for you. Those are promises that they make, you know, these warranties and everything. It's bullshit. And I'll explain to you why. The first steps are going to lure you in. They're going to tell you what you qualify for, right? Actually, after they run your credit. They're going to tell you the, the, the amount that you qualify for. Then they're going to tell you all the cars that you can get under that range. You're going to pick a car, right? And then when you sit down to do the paperwork, where they, where they get you is the high ridiculous interest rate that they have on there. The interest rate means that the, uh, the higher it is, for those of you who don't know, the higher the interest rate means the higher amount of what you pay monthly is going straight to the bank. And very little of what you pay goes straight to the actual total balance you owe. So if you finance a car for 15 grand, you have an interest rate, let's say I don't know, 25%. That's typically where they start off for, um, with these uh, car dealerships. That means 25% of what you pay, let's say your monthly payment is 400 dollars, 25% of that 400 dollars is going straight to the bank. It's they're just eating that up. That's pure profit for them, and then the rest is going straight up to what they loan you being paid back. And you know, people say, well, you know, I'll, I'll eventually pay it off. Yeah, but the higher the interest rate is, the higher the longer it's going to take you to pay off. Eventually, where you end up paying almost double, even triple sometimes, depending on what is it that you're financing of what the actual product was worth. And then what these buy here, pay on pay your dealerships always do is they always get you to get fucked over into getting a car that's not only used, but kind of old. Um, I remember one time I financed a 2008 car, you know, and that, that car had already been around for almost 10 years, you know. Uh, luckily... I was able to, uh, to end my deal with them uh, because I ended up getting a car uh, through a reputable dealership in Central Florida later on anyways. Um, that's a different podcast on how I did that. And it was ridiculous because it was a 2008 car, but yet we were already like close to 2017, 2016. So it goes to show you that they, you, you don't really have much options that are new on the lot. Sometimes you'll get something that's about six years old you know, but most of the time what they got on there is pretty garbage. Um, it's not new, it's not even close to new. Uh, it's used, but it's been around for a while. So if you look at their lot, a lot of times they have cars that are way more than 10 years old. And you don't wanna be and you don't wanna be stuck paying a car for about seven to twelve years that's already old as hell as it is already. It's already ten years old. Any car that's older than my son is a problem. And my son's like pretty much almost ten years old. And that's where they get you. They get you with these used cars because they buy them for cheap because they're already so old. And now for some of you might, that may be thinking, oh, 10 years is not that bad. Well, remember, cars depreciate value the moment you drive off the lot. So a, five, a five-year-old car you know, is a lot older than a five-year-old house, let's just put it that way. Because you lose value every single day that you have, you're putting miles in that car. And a lot of these cars, okay, even if the ones that are like only a handful of years old, a lot of them have a lot of fucking miles on them. That's how they're able to buy these cars super cheap. And what they do, a lot of times what these cars are, they're cars that they repossess from the original uh, customers that they had prior to you. And so what they do is they get you locked into a car. They get you all excited, warmed up and fuzzy with the car you test drove and everything. They, make, they, make, they congratulate you. They make it seem like you're making a big progress in life. And then boom, out of nowhere. You're not even paying attention to the, the fact that the car has a fuck ton of miles. You're not even paying attention to, that, to the fact that when you turn on the car it had these check engine lights on, they tell you, ah, oh, that's all that we, we just got to reset it for you. You know, they lie to you and they tell you that they already done oil changes and it's already been expected or whatever. Um, you know, they, they try to get you excited with these bullshit warranties. Like, oh, you got 30 day warranty. If anything happens to the car, bring it back. Little do you know that these mechanics that they have are really good. They can make these cars look and sound great um, with band-aids. What I call car mechanic band-aids, which is, it's gonna sound good. It's gonna sound like it's fixed, but they do it where it's only a matter of time where it's gonna break down on you. And it's usually after the the car is past its warranty. And I'll tell you why they do that. The reason why they make the interest rate high, and the reason why they try to fuck you over with these high payments. Now you're paying, you know, four hundred dollars, you know, and up for a used car that's already more than five years old usually, um, and they make the payments really high with anticipation that you're going to fall behind on payments because where they make money off these cars is the down payment and whatever payments that were able to sucker out of you monthly. And what they do is when they repossess it, um, they go ahead, get the car maintenance again, make sure nothing's seriously wrong with it, you know, to avoid legal problems. And then they go ahead and resettle it again to somebody else. And then they just made another $1,000 down payment on the car, plus whatever monthly payments they were able to sucker out of you. They do this on purpose because their real business in the buy here pay here is to sell you a car that they, and to make the terms to where you're not going to be able to actually pay it off. As a matter of fact, they don't like the fact when you have a job that pays you enough to, you know, to actually be able to maintain these ridiculous monthly payments. Um, they don't even. I mean, sure, they're making money off of you, but they make more quicker money when they're able to repossess the car and flip it again and get a, another down payment out of it. You know, so these buy here payers, they're not your friends. They don't care about you. Now, there is times now I will say the only time where a buy here, pay here uh, would actually work for you is if you have a job that you've been with, you know, for some time where, you know, they're not going to lay you off because you're the new guy and, they're, and you know, they're not and you know, your job's not struggling. It's pretty, pretty solid, you know, to where as long as you show up to work and, you you know, you do what you're supposed to. You pretty much are guaranteed a paycheck. If you've been with a company for some time, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're not, their company's not struggling, you know, and it pays you good enough money and it's in your budget and you can actually legitimately afford this monthly payment. You know, it's ridiculously high. You know, you're getting fucked over, but your credit is shit. You made a lot of mistakes in the past and now you're trying to build up your credit and you're trying to, you know, to you need a ride, you need a vehicle and you got a good job and you're being responsible with it and you got a raise and you're doing good. Okay, fine. If you can afford the damage, then do it because you got to build your credit up anyways. You know, start paying your utility bills on time. Don't spend out of your needs. You know, you know, pay your credit card on time. Anything that that has your credit on it. Make sure you're making on-time payments. You know, pay off any little debt you can make negotiations. Fine. If you can pull it off, if you're that responsible guy or woman, do it and just bite the bullet until your credit goes back up and then get rid of the fucking car and go to the reputable dealer because the reputable dealer has way more banks you can work with. And when your credit is good, even if your credit's fair, fair to good or even great, these big car dealerships like CarMax and and Honda, Ford, all these big actual big chain dealers, they work with so many banks that will compete for your business to get you the better deal. You know, naturally, you always want to go with the five-year deal. Uh, even if you're going to be paying a little bit more monthly, because, you know, the whole idea of a car is you want to pay it off quickly, you know, uh, but even going with a six or seven year deal is not bad. Um, but if you have, you know, fair to good to even awesome credit, you know, you never want to shop at these buy your payers. You never want to do it. And of course, naturally, you know that you would if you have, you know, if you have good credit, you know, you wouldn't even, ca- you know, you wouldn't even catch yourself dead in these buy your payers. But believe it or not, there's people with decent credit that go to these places and they don't need to. You know, this should be your last resort when everybody else has said no, when everybody reputable said no, and you have a good job where you can actually pay and bite the bullet. And you know that you're going to do whatever it takes to make up for your mistakes in the past and fix your credit. Otherwise, buy a fucking used car cash and and, and deal with the risk involved. Have a mechanic friend come and check out the car that you're going to buy used to know what's really wrong with the car. Do your research on the car. Test drive it. You know, look, I mean, really shop around and try to buy used car cash because if you can because I'm telling you you want to try everything you can to avoid these buy here payers other than that you're stuck with taking Uber and public transportation or a bike hell I rode a bike to work for 8 months you know I rode 12 miles a day on a bike you know just so I could feed my family so trust me sometimes you just got to deal with public transportation or ride a bike or Uber you know if you don't have the money to buy a car cash that's actually going to be reliable you know so you know, this stay away from these buy here payers, man. They don't give a fuck about you. Their whole business is to make sure you you fail on the loan. And I know there's people that work at these dealerships that might listen to this and get pissed off, but you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, you know, because your business is, is fucking shady as fucking. It's, it's, I don't know. You guys are praying off of people that have made some poor choices in their youth, you know, and, you know, or the, or the young and dumb and whatever. Everyone's got to learn the hard way, I guess, sometimes. But in this case, if I can help somebody out, avoid it, I'm going to do it. Um, as far as renting goes, you know, when you're renting an apartment, this segment is going to be quick because renting property is is kind of, it's a lot more easier than getting a car, believe it or not. Um, when you're renting a property, you want to stay away from, especially if you're if you're tied on money, you want to stay away from places that are asking for three months up front. Um, that's become a trend in certain places, uh, where they ask for three months up front, you wanna stay away from that. And the reason why is because with the, with the way that rent is right now, as high as it is, if they're gonna ask you for three months, you might as well get the three months and put it as a down payment for a house, you know? Or save those three months and keep saving, you know? And I don't know, fuck it, if you gotta sacrifice a living with a family member or a friend or something, I don't know, but never pay three months up front. That's something that a lot of realtors told me uh, as advice when I was renting. Um, When I lived in Miami, that started becoming a trend where a lot of them were asking for three months up front. And what the scam was back in the day, um, and from what I'm understanding, people still do this, but it used to happen a lot more during the financial crisis that happened in 2008 or 2009, um, is a lot of people were already foreclosed on their property. And they were just waiting it out because they knew it was going to take time for banks to come in and send the sheriff to put the letter on the door and everything. They were asking for three months up front. Renting the people, um, and they were just waiting and collecting whatever they every every month of rent that they could sucker out of them until the sheriff showed up. And then, once the sheriff showed up, they're stuck like Chuck, they can't go to the, they can't get their money back. They'll have to spend money in litigation to try to get that back, you know. So, that was a scam that a lot of people are doing, and that's why a lot of realtors told me, man, don't ever, don't pay. You know, and they told me, like, I'm losing commission by telling you this, because there's a lot of realtors that work with renters and they get a percentage off the rent every month or a percentage off the total first and last and security or whatever. And they would just say, man, it's it's ridiculous. And they're starving because of it, because a lot of these renters, a lot of these people that are renting their homes refuse to do, do first and last. And a lot of people are turning away. There was a lot of realtors. I remember when I went to the apartment complex, there was a couple of realtors having a cigarette talking about it and I just joined in the conversation because I was legitimately fl- frustrated with it and they were telling me it's like don't do it for that you just put that as a down and they're pissed off because they used to have way more clients to get way more commission um, with renting with people with actual landlords that were being reasonable so if you can avoid it try to avoid paying three months up front because the way rent is nowadays unless the rent's really cheap where you're at I know in a lot of cities people complain about the rent being too high but for 3 months you might as well just save that and hustle it all up man and try to put it as a down payment for a house or something because that's ridiculous try to wor- to to work with landlords say I got 2 months up front what can we do try to negotiate the best you can avoid having to pay 3 months up front I'm telling you it's a waste of money you know um you know also when you're renting you know you want to make sure that you w- do a walk around inspection with the landlord you want to make sure That everything in the house is working. Get your phone uh, with a charger connected to your phone and plug it in every single outlet. Turn on every single faucet for about a minute or two and look under the sink. Make sure there's no leaks. Make sure that the hot water, the hot the you know, the heater, the water heater is working. You know, make sure that the washer and dryer is working. Make sure the washer is working without leaking. You want to check all these things. A proper walkthrough inspection should be no less than a half an hour. Because I'm telling you right now. Once they, once they get you to sign on that dotted line, everything else after that, you know, is going to be a pain in the ha- a pain in the ass to get them to come out and try to fix. So you want to make sure that your apartment is 100% ready. You want to do that walkthrough with the landlord or the realtor because you want to make sure everything there. On top of that, if there's any dents, if there's any scratches, anything, you want to make sure that's all accounted for before you assume full responsibility. So, make sure you do a walkthrough so the house is there. You can make sure that the place you're renting doesn't need any repairs right off the back, and also you're not responsible for any damages you found. Maybe open the closets, walk into the closets, everywhere. You know, make sure that there's nothing chipped. You know, all the drawers work because I'm telling you, they're gonna try to get you like that. Um, so, avoid paying three months up front if possible. Make sure you do the walkthrough for the apartment. Never, ever, ever, ever send money to anybody on the internet pretending to be the owner of the house. Never do money orders, nothing. Any business you do with a landlord or a realtor, make sure it's done in person. Don't fall for those digital tours that they give you the passcode for the thing unless it's a reputable realtor company. Um, because you don't know if it's a squatter trying to rent the house. There's been a lot of cases where squatters fucking remove the locks of the house, put their own locks on it, act like the landlord and fucking, and start showing the houses, you know, at, at these random times in the month and try to, I'm telling you, this shit happens. Make sure you're dealing with the legitimate owner of the house. Don't do no where you show up to the house and they give you the passcode for a lockbox. Don't fall for that shit. Although it's, although some reputable people do that. There's been so many more people taking advantage of that and fucking people. Over. I've read so many horror stories of how slick these people get, you know, never do any business online. You know, as far as making your first and last, you want to make sure it's done with a realtor, actual realtor from a legit company or the actual owner of the house, you know, doing a tour with it, you know, everything. You want to make sure there's paperwork, an actual lease. Never, ever rent a fucking house without a lease. I know that sounds attractive. Never do month to month. month to month is a big red flag. Almost any reputable landlord is going to le- is going to slap a lease on you. Never, ever, unless this is a fucking family member, whatever, or a personal friend, and even then that's still kind of irresponsible um, you want a lease. Why? Because especially for most water companies, like city water, is going to require you to show up with a lease to turn on the water. You know, some utility companies even require proof of a lease. You know, uh, to get things turned on, to get things assigned to you, to get things, you know, activated. Sometimes you need a lease anyway, showing proof that, hey, I'm so and so, and according to this lease, I do live here. Please turn this on or whatever, you know. So always get a lease. It's gonna protect you, it's gonna protect the landlord. There's been a lot of the youngsters out there that fall for that shit. And a lot of times, the biggest red flag for a foreclosed home is when they try to do month to month or these little three month leases. Most leases are 12 months, some are seven to 11 months, and usually only big chain apartment corporation companies will do that. Okay, big chain companies, you know, like big apartment complexes that you go into the actual leasing office, sometimes they'll offer to you And it's only usually those that will do that. Never fall for anything less than a year if it's a private owner. It's just too fishy. You always want a lease to protect you. Unless you're asking for a shorter lease and the actual landlord agrees to it, then, and even then uh, you want to make sure that the lease is legit and it's protecting you, you know, and you want to make sure when you're signing that lease that he brings his ID with him, that his ID of his photo ID of, a, of actual valid, you know, government ID it matches the name on the lease because you need a paper trail. So, you know, these are tips, guys. I hope that helps you out. Big shout out to the listeners who sent this in. Make sure you go to facebook.com slash leave a like. Follow the page so you stay up to date when I drop new episodes so you know when to go to wherever you listen to podcasts to listen to them. If you want me to talk about a certain show, leave me a DM, a private message. and uh, We can talk about it, and I will make sure I, I schedule that for a new episode if it's something that's worthy of one, of course. Um, and aside from that, guys, I hope this helps you. It's your boy Crump Diddy. Peace.